Promo Insiders, an ASI media podcast that covers the topics that matter most to the promotional products industry. I'm CJ Mitica, Editor-in-Chief, and today I'm joined by our ASI media crew of Teresa Hagel, Sarah Lewandowski, and Chris Rubo to discuss the promo industry's branding problem. And by that, I mean the negative ways in which the public views promo companies. It's not all bad, though. We'll discuss how the industry can improve its reputation and play a bit of word association to identify the optimal term used to describe logo logoed items, swag, branded merch, or whatever you call it. So I think it's going to be an interesting discuss discussion. Um, why are we talking about this? Well, we just released a, a special series this week called Five Ideas to Improve Promo. And these ideas aren't uh, quick fixes or, or simple things. These are big and ambitious ideas that are meant to, to transform the industry. And it's going to take a lot of work and some big thinking to, to make them happen. So again, it's five ideas. We're going to release one per week each day of the week. Um, and so and I think, Teresa, your article just uh, published um, yes, yesterday because we because we released this on Wednesday about um, going plastic free in the industry. Sarah, you have one at the end of the week about dramatically improving the order process. And Chris, um, your article is actually the reason we're talking about this topic today, about um, how to improve the uh, promo industry's re reputation. And but in this podcast, we'll discuss some of the so, some of the reasons why we think it does have a, a bit of a bit of an image problem. And so I might, we'll talk about some ideas on on how to in, improve that. Uh, but to start, Chris, yeah. um, just tell us, give us a synopsis of the article. Um, just what. What did you, uh, you know, what did you find out sort of in your in your reporting, talking to people, and what are some of the big themes that emerged? Yeah, so just real quick, the premise of the article is, as you say, that promo, it's kind of ironic that the promo industry, we're supposed to be experts in branding, but collectively the industry has a bit of a, of a branding problem in a way. Um, there's been no shortage of articles recently uh, where, you know, our industry, our industry has been accused of being wasteful and bad for the environment. Um, we've seen articles where the economy turns a little bad and, and CEOs are coming out saying, oh, we have to cut down on swag spending and stuff like that. So the premise of, of our article, right, CJ, was that we were going to say, OK, the, the, that is that that's certainly not how everybody feels. But there is this perception that 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 promo products are disposable, that they're that they're schlocky, that it's kind of almost the black sheep, if you will, of the of the advertising world. So we so we wanted to talk to a lot of industry experts, people who we, we know are, are very thoughtful, considerate, intelligent people who think about these the, these types of issues and how and and how to um, collectively make, or make their business better um, and then how can they apply that thinking to make the industry collectively better so that's that was basically the premise for the article and we came up with um, I guess you could call it a handful of ways <laughs> um, that, that we could do it but as you say they're not um, they're not quick fixes did you want me to jump into some of them I think, so I think we'll we'll talk about them more. I think as we get into like our ideas and what you reported in terms of how to improve the industry. Sure. Um, but let's so um, having said that and sort of painting the picture of what your article entailed, I want to jump back and then Teresa, I'll start with with you. Um, do you think the promo industry has an image problem? Um, yeah, I kind of do. I mean, I think that people really do love to get free stuff i mean my dad is a perfect example he'll go anywhere and like any free pen or any free anything he can get he is all about it but i mean the problem comes in when it's something that is maybe made more more inexpensively not to say cheaply necessarily but i know that i've gotten things that are logoed products that break very quickly or never really work and I definitely take note of what 
brand is on there who gave it to me and it leaves a bad taste in my mouth and I'm sure I, I've heard other people have similar experiences so I, I think that there is kind of a especially for, especially like things that are just given out at trade shows like you know anytime like you see journalists or people like coming from a trade show they will post something about like oh look at all this crap that I got from you know places so I, I think there is a perception problem especially for that kind of generic stuff that everybody will get at a trade show or that's just kind of given out indiscriminately if it's things that are things that are sent to you things that are more personal um People, I think that has a more of an elevated um, appeal to it because it's it's things that you want and it's special because it's coming to your house. It's kitted and, and whatnot, but stuff that you're just grabbing from, you know, like the home show and you're getting like a little house shaped keychain or something like that's, you know, people will still take it because who doesn't like a free thing, but it does have kind of that bad perception to it. Sarah, what do you think? Yeah, I think it does still, unfortunately. And I think, um, you know, there's such an emphasis, and Teresa can tell us all about it. There's such an emphasis now, especially in the corporate world and those who buy, you know, big brands, they really are looking for products that have a sustainable footprint, you know, as far as how they were sourced, how they were made. Um, so, yeah, I think, and we've seen a rash of articles recently from people talking about the waste in, in promo. I think honestly there is still some waste and I, I I I do think though like some people are writing from kind of um a layperson's perspective where they're they're not intimately involved with this industry they may have been recipients of the items that Teresa mentioned but they're not like they don't know how this industry is actually becoming more sustainable that companies are focusing more on that um so I think a lot of what we're seeing is from that viewpoint that's kind of outdated like when things were called a certain name and they were kind of like you know, tchotchke-esque, right? And they two dads, all that. Right, <laughs> like there is a history of that. And I think people remember that. Um, but I do think, I do think the industry is getting a little bit better. I think that we're focusing more on the sustainability aspect to it. Um, but sometimes I think, you know, do you have to, and this is where distributors can come in, do you have to market using cheap items? Does that, like Teresa said, if you get a pen that only works once, or like I had a mug one time that like the this silk screen just came right off. I mean, even though I hand washed the mug, the silk screen came off like immediately. Then I had literally a blank ceramic mug. Like, so I, it's just like, do we have to market with cheap items or can we maybe not market so much with these smaller cheap giveaways and save our budget for more selective higher end products? I think that's what distributors are going to have to ask themselves with their clients. And we have the technology now that you can work with people to find out what they actually want. I mean, I think that's always the key is that if you pair it with good technology, you know, on the back end, the di the digital stuff, then you can get people the the physical swag that they actually will appreciate and want. You guys brought up, um, you know, both you, Teresa and Sarah, brought up good, a good point about like, I guess when people think of the promo industry, they tend to gravitate towards the cheap stuff given away for free aspect of it. Um, you know, all of us having worked in the in, in this industry for, for now many, many years, we know how how wide it is. It's it's really it's really broad and there's so many different facets of it that that many people don't think about, right? Especially with high-end and custom custom stuff and very and very unique stuff. Um, but it seems like the the part of the problem is that People just focus on the the, the again the, the cheap giveaway aspect of it. Chris, yeah, I totally agree. 
Yeah. So, Chris, like, um, we we talked about this article. Um, you know, I, I, uh, we this is something you were excited excited to write about because um, I think because you rec like you recognize that I think that that there there is, there is an image problem. Um, like, what? What what are your thoughts? Like, what are you, what are your thoughts like going going into it? It's something that we've as think as an editorial organization are always addressing in our coverage, but it's it's very it's it's not often where it's it's like um oh let's write about this specifically and what people people think about it and the Im image that we're portraying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my I, I think I I think the the thing that really interested me was there's as as everybody just pointed out there is a difference between the reality of what the industry is and the perception. Of what of what the what the industry is at least uh, among among some and there's no denying that among some it's it, it it is have it does have a negative reputation of being just an industry that cranks out cheap crap. We, I mean we've all heard that 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 term, and I was I wanted to as part of this I I, I was interested in kind of digging into all the ways that as Sarah alluded to the industry is already is so much broader than that and I so I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just it just saying hey this is what we can do I wanted to say this is things that we're already doing as an industry and getting better at and that we need to build build upon and focus more uh, upon that so there's any number of for instances um you know the perception the, there was that article in fast company I think that that it sent the the entire industry into uh, a tiz, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, came out a few months ago, and it was just just ripping it, ripping the promo industry, saying that it's you know just it, all it does is create waste, and that the industry you know don't give out swag anymore, and 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 this and that, and that is as hurtful as that is to read, and, and as many inaccuracies as there were in there about the industry, it is it is emblematic of a perception, and that perception hurt hurts our industry because it influences how certain people buy and consume and use promotional products. So um, one of the big ways that we could kind of counteract that accusation as an industry of being wasteful is to genuinely operate with you know sustainability in in mind and with greater corporate social responsibility. Now I know those terms can be a little vague sometimes, but um, if, if you drill down to what they really mean and then start to build sustainability initiatives and corporate social responsibility initiatives into the you know the core foundation of your of your business and businesses of all sizes in our, in our industry start doing that there's no way that you can continue to call our industry uh one that's that's wasteful and not sustainable and 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 this and that because companies across the industry would have these initiatives in play and there are already so many companies in the industry that are are doing this and doing it genuinely as we've documented on um uh promo for the planet uh you know our, our website on um on sustainability for, excuse me related to the industry and i mean the thing is every every industry has an impact i mean it's not like we're the the sole outlier in, in having you know an environmental impact that's anybody who's making anything that's just the way it is but we can make things in a better way and we can you know educate that we're doing that to to raise the perception of, of the industry if you look at the forms of advertising, like a billboard requires requires materials to to make and put put up um, on the on the web, it's like oh the the web has has no footprint. That's not true. It's it's using an energy. Just look at the look at the blocking and how much energy it consumes. Like everything has a has a cost. It's interesting though that um, that that the conversation has like has shifted to to wastefulness and sustain sustainability. It's not like oh these these are things that people don't want or it's it's it's, it's not effective. It's like there. Um, 
the the priorities have shifted to to consider the environmental impact. And Teresa, you've seen that with with promo for the for the for the planet. I mean mm -hmm. that it went from being not not that it was a fringe concern, but it's much more central now than it was before. Yeah, I mean it's something everybody talks about. I mean, you know, there is still I think end users don't always care about it, but I think they all think it's nice. You know, they maybe don't want to pay more for sustainability, but I think it's starting to become less of a feature and more of just like people expect it. They expect that it's going to be sustainable. I think that's one of the differences that it's not like it's a, a fringe or like a, an extra thing. They expect they kind of expect at a baseline. OK, companies need to be you know operating this way. So I you know they still want you know things that cost um, you know are cost effective and things like that. But I think they expect that sustainability layer to to be there or, or at least for companies to be working toward it. The, the anti-swag movement is something that, you know, Chris, you, you brought up in your mention of that article, and it's something we're we're hearing about more. Uh, so I, I'll just open it up to, to the group. Like, where, where do you think this fits into the to the conversation? Like, how much is a, is a harming um, harming the industry's re reputation? And what, what do you think about the industry's response in trying to address the concerns that, that are being raised? Yeah, I'll start. I'll start. Um... You know, I I think any time that you that you have something like that come against your industry, you ha you have to take you know you have to take it seriously. I also I also think that we're hyper attuned to it and sensitive to it because we do work in the industry. I I don't think that that's necessarily a per a pervasive view that 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 people don't want to that people don't want to get a product that that can be you know useful to them whether they, they paid for it or whether it's a it's it's a giveaway if it's if it's useful and attractive there people are going to are going to want that and the the reality is is i i feel like we're a bit of an easy target and low-hanging fruit in, in in this industry because as i think Teresa alluded to there's i mean every industry in the world you know, requires raw materials to make things. I mean, we can't go back to living, you know, in, in the 12th century where we, right. we have the sheep on the field outside our house and we use that wool. Like, it's just not, you know, to make our clothes, it's just not re realistic that we're going, we're going back, we're going back to that. And um, so I, I don't want to go on a tangent, but I guess I already have. I I, I feel like like <laughs> that, 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 that anti-swag, you, you have to take it seriously, but I also don't think that it's, that it's massively pervasive. And I don't think that people are going to want to stop getting um, uh, branded products that are, that are useful and attractive to them um, in, in, in all the variety of the settings that they already get them through, whether that's a, a kitted gift sent to their house, whether that's um, something gifted to them at a trade show, whether that's a, you know, sports, you know, uh, memorabilia thing that they, that they buy or get at a game. Pe people want that kind of stuff and it serves a purpose for the brand and it creates an emotional connection in a way that many advertising mediums fail to do. Um, and I think just the fact that it, that some that sometimes certainly not always it's given away for free allow and and because some items are frankly made cheaply, um, you know it, it becomes an easy easy target to criticize for high-minded intellectuals who live in an ivory tower and don't have to actually work in the real world. Oh snap! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, never mind how many. Sorry, Teresa. Last thing I'll shut up because it's obviously a pet peeve. It's is it not, not to mention how many jobs it creates, not only in this country but in de in the developing world where a lot of the factories are located, and a lot of those factories are audited, and people are receiving a livable wage and have a job they wouldn't otherwise have as a result of that quote cheap crap that our industry is producing. 
Yeah, well, I think, you know, going back to what you're talking about, like the anti-swag movement is it's, you know, you, have to, you take it seriously, but at the same time in the wider world, are, are people really thinking about this? It makes me, it reminds me of like that idea of like kind of Twitter brain where Twitter is like such a, a small percentage of people like that are actually using that social media site. But if you're on there all day, like you can think these like certain things are like such big controversies and so important. And then you go and like talk to your your husband or somebody else who's not on there and they're like, what are you talking about? You know, what is a milkshake duck? What is this ridiculous? You know what I mean? Like there's just so many like goofy things that are on there that like if you're just, if you're like laser focused on that, you're going to think it's a way bigger deal than it is. And then you have to step back and realize, okay, yes, people are talking about this. Yes, maybe it's somewhat important, but it's only this tiny slice of people. And there's so many other things going on that are, more important. Sarah, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I agree. I, I think, you know, going back to the ivory tower thing, like I think how many people, really how many people are going to like multiple events a year? Most people like, they may go to like a conference once in a while, maybe like once a year, but most people are not, I would, I would posit most people are not like weighing how much swag they get in a year. They're just, they're going event by event that they, and it's really, it may be little things that you're getting, but everybody likes to get a welcome bag at the door at registration. I'm sorry, I don't care who you are. You like the little gift that they give you. It could be small things that they're giving away, but if they're useful, people like that stuff. Um, I, I think that these people who are who are weighing all the swag they get, it must be nice to be able to travel and go to all these events. <laughs> like most people are not living that life. So yeah, that's, how's your airfare impacting the planet, right. friends? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's yeah, exactly. It's, it's and very hypocritical. I agree. And I think, you know, the, like you're saying, it is low hanging fruit because you are seeing like physical products that can clog like, a, you know, it's brand fill. Right. So it is does end up in a landfill. But the the impact, the environmental impact of so many other things that we do is then not always looked at with the same scrutiny. Like you just said, how many people go to climate change conferences on private jets? Like, that's a big pet peeve of mine. Like, I, I just don't want to hear about it. Um, so that kind of thing bothers me. But I think, like you said, I think that most people are not really thinking about this as deeply as we do. And I think that if we're going to start, you know, picking out certain industries, we're not the only one. We're low-hanging fruit. It's easy to pick on us. But I think we need to start looking at all the practices that we do and to say, look, even though it's invisible, these things that we think are green still have their own impact that we need to look at as well. And I think it's important to know as well that some of the some of this stuff or some of the items that we produce in this industry, they're not they're not optional. Like it's not it's not just just not just something to give somebody say, hey, hey, like, do you want this? Like there, there's a lot of um, uniformed personnel, right? People, people who who, who need who need logos and, and names on their on the things that they wear. And so it's like, OK, well, if, if that's going to be a requirement of the job or the industry you work in, well, let's let's make it a, let's make it a high quality item that that has, that has a, a a long shelf life and may, possibly could even be re, be re, reused. So I think that there's that angle of it for sure. Totally, and and to that to that point, apparel as as everybody here knows is far and away the biggest selling category in our industry, right? And um, you know, we don't live in a nudist society. It would be pretty cold, <laughs> especially where we live in the Northeast in the winter, to go around naked. So you need clothing of some variety, even if it's not a formal uniform. So 
doesn't it make sense if you work for a company you're proud you're you're happy to work there you know you're proud of the company to help from to have the clothes that you're going to wear have some of that company branding on it at least some of the time you're you're going to want to wear that so you're wearing clothes anyway <laughs> let's let you know we could have it makes sense to have some of that be, be branded and that's like like that's why when they paint with this broad brush stroke that it's that the industry just creates useless crap it's just it's just not it's not true it's you know and that, not to get on a tangent, but um, related to that point, Chris. Um, so there was an article in, in GQ recently, our friend Carrie Heller, about I think all of USA Clothing sent, sent to us about uh, Camber, which is a manufacturer in, right here in, in Norristown, like down the road from me. Um, they, make the, they make exceptionally high quality, uh, like sweatshirts and, and fleeces that, that are really coveted by the fashion world. Well, in the story, um, they were at, I think, like a menswear store in Jer Jersey, or like a clothing store. And the somebody walks in looking for camber, for looking for something else. And the the writer noticed that the guy guy is wearing a camber sweatshirt. And he's like, and the guy was like, oh, I know, I, I had no idea. Like, I get, I, I got it from my my like construction company. I've worn it for twenty years. Well, that's that's a sweatshirt that he wore uh, and kept and, and kept wearing instead of going to the store and, and buying something. It replaced him buying an additional piece of clothing so that's a perfect example like if you give something high quality that somebody's going to going to use it potentially replaces something they might they might have bought bought for them for themselves it just happened to have a logo on there that's a great point and i mean i think the other thing too is elevating the design of things especially when we're talking about apparel like if we focus on you know the the, the quality and focus on like graphic design and, and being more like retail to make things that people actually want to wear. That's also going to elevate the industry. Yeah, I just I, and I know we could go on and on. Though mm -hmm. I just want to make one point about, um, you know, Sarah, you mentioned before about like like higher quality products and everything. It's actually one of the like main pillars of the article that we talked about um, is that people said, you know, suppliers should should focus on trying to make higher higher end better products um and bring more retail brand partnerships in, into the industry where possible but it's but that's only half the battle right it's like now the now distributors have to go to the end clients and educate you know like hey you don't want to invest in and in maybe this lower end product that's maybe not as useful and that's not going to have the impact you know let's let's be a little bit more targeted and selective and go with this type of product, you know, because it's going to have more of an impact for these reasons. And if, and I, I think you're going to see that, you know, movement more and more where there's going to be more a continued focus. People aren't going to, people still aren't going to want to pay an arm and a leg for it. I'm not saying you're going to start, you know, like hundred dollars an item or something like that, but like you, you're, you're, you, you are going to see, I think an interest in higher and higher quality grow and grow and grow and, and, and start to dominate more of industry sales than it has traditionally. Well, I see that already with like these influx of retail brands that that are available in our industry now. It's the same thing. Like this is the retail brand you would you would have bought. It just happened to be given to you as a gift, and the price doesn't have to be ridiculous. We 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 talked about how how the affordable items um, still carry a lot of perceived value, especially if you if you present nice decoration or or packaging. It's like it's not it doesn't have to be a a, a, bu a budget buster to to really impress somebody. Totally. So I I think we 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 kind of like segue into the, like how how can the industry in, improve improve its its 
it's um you know it's branding problem it's in this problem and and we talked about a couple th- i think we, so we, we talked about being um being more sustainable mm-hmm. using higher quality products um what else what, what, what other ideas are there that, to help the promo industry's reputation educate um, people right yeah go ahead there go ahead see <laughs> yeah i was just gonna say i mean you know, a lot of the stuff we're talking about is already happening but people don't know about it because they do think of promo as just this very small sliver of stuff given away at a trade show which is you know one aspect but that's not everything that's done so you know i think i think that distributors and, and suppliers and us as you know in our role at, at asi just need to continue to do more to kind of raise awareness and, and educate people about what the industry actually is and what it's actually doing. I think it's a great, it's a great point. Um, I think too, I mean, th- this actually came up, I mean, I want to say, no no kidding, a, about a dozen different ex- distributor executives kind of made this as like their top point. And it's it's something, it's, you know, it's not groundbreaking, it's something you've heard before, but it's something that we really should be doing and that is not always done or is often not done. Um, is that we should sell solutions, not not just product, right? Me and, and a great example of that that we put in the story was from uh, Brand Fuel distributor down in in uh, North Carolina. They had a client come to them. The client wanted what they described as kind of your old school traditional awards um, to say, you know, hey, great job to some some marketing leaders at the company. Well, Brand Fuel was like, well, hey, wait a minute, like. These are marketing people. They kind of work in, they work in a creative, it's not kind of, they do work in a creative field. They're creative types. You know, they might want something unique and different. Anyway, long story short, they came up with this, um, with like a custom branded uh, guitar. Okay. And that, and it was like, instead of getting like a more traditional thing, they got this, they got this uh, branded guitar and it launched this whole, what became um, reward um, awards program there. They're called the marketing rockstar uh, program, whatever it is. And, um, and that's just such a great example of like, hey, instead of just like, okay, this is what you want. I'll take your order. I'll, I'll try to find you a cheap price and, and, and I'll get you that. Like really being creative and getting something that launched this whole new program for, for, for a client brought, a tr- brought more value and the people who got it really loved. So if you just, it's one example, but if you multiply that out across the industry, across distributorships, and salespeople are trying to consult in that way more often than not. I know you're going to get resistance from some clients who are just like, I don't care, just order me the crap, you know, like, okay, f- fair enough. But if you at least make that effort, you're going, I think you're going to find that more are going to actually want that more creative solution and they're going to get better results from it. And what happens then is you have kind of an organic groundswell of of, of people who buy these things and use these things and get these things saying, wow, they're, they're, this is of greater value. I didn't just get something. I looked at it and I, I, I checked at the back of the deck. It's like, wow, this is cool. I like this. It's useful. It's neat. It's attractive, blah, blah. So I, I think by doing that kind of on mass, like it's not a sexy bit of advice, you know, but it, but it's, but it's like hard work advice across the industry. Everybody does that more often than not. It, it collectively elevates, um, it genuinely elevates what we do and who we are. And then, and then by consequence, or, um, it elevates the perception of promo as well. Sarah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it, it's, I think, I think, and this is just a, a normal, like, salesperson reaction or tendency. I think if you say, like, Chris, say, for example, like, that company has had every year they have a repeat awards program, and it's just, we do this award. Like, we do this teardrop award every year. 
right? And you just know that it's like it's like a guaranteed sale for you. You can kind of bank on it every year. Sometimes it's hard to say like, hey guys, like let's try something a little different. Let's like let's you know revamp this. Let's freshen this up. Let's like get more excitement around this. You know, I think like there's a tendency to just kind of go for like the the. I don't want to say easy sale, but it's kind of that repeat business that you get used to. So I think that it really would behoove the industry, like you said, kind of en masse. Like if everybody kind of like a few accounts a year refreshed the products that they're pitching and were more selective about it, I think you'd see a real sea change in this industry. Um, I know, but like not everybody can afford, you know, an awards program at a high level. So there are going to be those people who who still go for the cheaper items. And that's just, that's, that's just part of the industry. It is what it is. But I think that there's still a lot of opportunity to kind of upsell and 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 take a risk. Like it is a little risky to kind of present something different to your client. But I feel like if they've trusted you this far, I think they can trust you to kind of take them down the right path with their next campaign. Um, I will say like, and this has been a little bit frustrating for me, to be honest. I, I take care of those like ESP reports every month, now every quarter. Those top 10 search terms like do not change very much. Like there will be like seasonal ones that kind of drop in and out. Like there's like sunglasses and drop and like beach towels and then they drop. But literally pens and water bottles have been number one and two since January. Since January, month after month after month, it is pens and water bottles. And like to me, those things, they are kind of the they have a little bit of a tchotchke nature to them. Like those things that you just throw in a tote bag and give away at, at a trade show. So I really do, like I would love to see a little bit more. I don't know that those top 10 will change too much, but I really, I would love to see a little bit more creativity in that realm. I think, you know, maybe your your client doesn't need a lot of small little things. Maybe you can you can save their budget a little bit and 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 maybe pitch like a few a few items that can be used up. Like say you have like branded, like they have like seed seed soap, like seeded soap, and it has a recycled paper wrapper. Like maybe you can get you can give out something that's sustainable and that also doesn't last forever. Like you use it up. Or like we have the like those soy candles that are made sustainably. Like those can be used up and then you recycle the container. Like I think there's just opportunity to not just throw a lot of little things in a bag and just be more thoughtful about it and keep things at an affordable price point for end buyers. It was, a, it was interesting, Sarah, because uh, we had, you know, we had that er article that our intern, Naya, who, uh, who did a tremendous job early in the summer about um, how everybody has, has drinkware now and like this high end drinkware. It's like, OK, well, like everybody's got that. Like, you know, is there is there is there something else like, you know, it, re it reaches that that point of just a of mass ownership, like like tote bags were before, like pen like pens are are always. So, you know, th that's that's an interesting thought also. Um, and Chris, to, to your point, like I think as an industry, we need to move away from an industry of stuff to an industry of ideas, and that that taps into the the, the consultative selling that that you mentioned and, and wrote about in the in the article. Um, and it wants to be at the point where it's like I think we don't you don't want clients coming to distributors being like, hey, can you get me uh, this pen or, or this water bottle? You want them coming saying, "Hey, we've got this going on. You know, what ideas do you, do you have?" So that, because that that's 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 when you can really like that's when you really step up and share create creativity, and and then you've created enough trust and loyalty that they trust you, the distributor, to to like come come back with awesome ideas that that they know they're gonna love. Before like before a product is even mentioned, if if you're in a distributor sales role, before you even talk, the the focus should be on 
what it, what is it you're trying what is it you know is it an event what is this for who are you and who are you trying to reach and how are you trying to influence them and if you know those parameters those are that that's the fundamentals to know and then you work back from that to, to see what kind of products then are the right fit for that you know and then what kind of branding and messaging then goes on those products it's it should exactly right cj i think you start with what the the goal is the need is who they're trying to reach and work back from there and even more like you want to be positioned as somebody as as, as the go-to for like any request like i was i, was, I had an interview earlier today with the top, the top 40 distributor and they were telling me like that they've they've created enough loyalty that the client came to them and asked them could, you know can you find like this uh, obscenely expensive uh, bottle of, of bourbon like they, they don't sell bourbon but it's like oh you're, you're, you're the guys that can that can find stuff you know what i mean um, it, it, make, it makes it makes it so much it makes it so so much easier and like for me like think of think of this analogy um like if you're having work done in your home and you you know you have somebody come come in and they're doing and they're and they're they're doing the they're they're doing like like tile it's like okay uh, now now I'm having an issue issue with, with plumbing now I, I got to call a plumber that that's a hassle to call somebody else hey tile guy do you do plumbing yes I do great you made my life way way easier that's the same with advertising like. If you even if it's not a promo product, but you can still offer an added solution, an additional solution that's not right in your wheelhouse, that makes the, the clients like so much easier. And I think that would go a long way toward towards like helping it improve like what what people think of promo companies. Yeah, and to that to that point, it's one of the great wonderful advantages of being a promotional products distributor is that you're not you're not tied to selling any one particular product. You have totally such a right. massive amount of products to 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 select from. Um, it, it's, you know, it's not like you're just trying to go out there and sell one big industrial drill or something like that. That's what your company does. You make the big industrial drill. If the people don't want the drill, you ain't selling nothing. It's like you could sell so many of these different products. So like you like put that work in to, to, to find the right ones, like, I guess, you know, um, you want me to, you want me to throw one more out CJ on like things from the article? Tips yeah, sure. going on. All right. I'll throw, I'll throw one more out. So, cause I thought this was interesting and um, it was a great point. It was one that had not occurred to me. And then afterwards, I, after um, the person who shared the point shared it, I was like, man, that's, it really is good. It's, we need to actually market better. It's funny cause we're in a marketing medium, but as an industry, I think we need to, to market a little bit better. How, how it both distributors and suppliers, how we're presenting products, both on social media and in and in sales presentations and even at events like um this was sarah whitaker who runs um williams advertising it's a distributorship in kentucky and she does a good job of this where she's like always like if she gets some kind of product and it's branded she's trying to show it in a lifestyle setting you know so like it's not like here's this like you know nice bit of fashionable drinkware um you know against the blank backdrop it's like hey i'm out at the lake and, you know, it's a sunny day and I'm here with my friends and, you know, I've got the and this drinkware is a part of it. Just the way you'd see retail brands market. Basically, that's that's the the point in a nutshell is let's market, you know, so, so, solutions in a lifestyle vein, the way that retail brands do. Now, you can't always do that. It's not always feasible, but you can with a lot of the products in, in, in mm -hmm. our industry. They very much lend themselves to creating um a narrative a kind of a bigger narrative in the market in, in your marketing of it um but having the product be inserted in that narrative and, and part and part of it so that yeah it, it, 
Go ahead, oh, I was sorry. just going to, sorry to interrupt, but I was just going to say that, you know, obviously if you're like a small mom and pop place, you might not be able to do that, but there's so many suppliers that have those kinds of assets for you that you could be using them, you know, in your marketing. Like they might already do lifestyle imagery that would be perfect to, to put on your Instagram or whatnot. So you don't necessarily have to do this all on your own. You don't have to break the bank, you yeah. know, creating the, those social media assets, but, you know, use the, the suppliers that, that have already done that stuff for you. Yes, use that imagery. And I'll be honest with you, I don't even think it's 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 super time. Like for instance, I got we, we get, you know, product mailers all the time. We got um the other day I got some caps. Um and like one was like a hunt, hunting style cap. And, and and where I live in Pennsylvania this time of year, hunting's very hunting's very big. So I'm thinking I could throw this, I could throw this on cap if I wanted to like more like walk out into the woods in this beautiful fall setting and just like snap a picture of me in it even and throw it on my and, and you know if i'm a distributor throw it on it with social media and like that like that's just one quick simple way you created maybe a little bit of interest around the product you know and that's some that's actually what sarah and whitaker and some other people do and they get they get like people like their clients like see it on their social and they're like oh that's kind of cool you know like where does that can you get me that and they're like actually i can you know <laughs> yeah and i think people and like you can also if you're active on social media, do it yourself. Like if you're actually out and about using the product, just take a quick photo. Like, like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm actually using this product in my daily daily life. It's the same. It's the same effect. I think that I think that that that, that was a very eye-opening um, idea when I re read the article, Chris, from from Sarah Whitaker. So I thought that was, that was a really good point. Um, Sarah, was there any any ideas that that you had that something that that you want you wanted to bring up? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think, you know, I think it's being more creative and selective and selling ideas rather than products. Like I know so often, I I know it's tough because I think distributors are like, yeah, these people are coming to me though, like the Monday before the event, you know, and that's the other big problem is like the last minute stuff. And because our industry has tried to become like, you know, the trying to smooth out the e-commerce so much that they can be like Amazon, I think you're kind of, enabling people to think, oh, you know, because promo is always the last thing they think of. So it's like, oh, I have a, you know, I don't know, like a turkey trot, you know, coming up on Saturday and we need like cooling towels, let's say, you know, or whatever, like we need something for our race participants and it's a week out. Like that happens all the time. And I think that it, it makes it tough to be like, having these really creative brainstorming sessions with your clients, like multiple sessions. It's like, we got to place this order today because we won't get them in time. But you also, it's hard as salespeople, you don't want to say no, right? So it's hard to like, I think it's just a matter of like, you know, it's hard. You have to educate your client and say, hey, like we can do this for you, but like, you know, let's let's talk about your calendar. Like let's let's talk about what's coming up for you. Like ostensibly that event you would have known about months out, right? So let's talk about your calendar. Like start to have that conversation with them and say, what's coming up? How can we brainstorm this so we're not in a rush to get these things out on time? Like let's, you know, let's really talk about that so we can work together. I can be your ideas person. Like you said, Chris, there's so much that we can sell in this industry. There's so much stuff. There's got to be an answer for somebody that's going to be creative. I think it's just a matter of getting people around, getting their minds around thinking ahead of time for promo products. Because I think that's part of, that's that's part of its its reputation that's not so great, is that it's kind of a last minute like add-on that people, it's kind of an afterthought that, you know, people are like, oh, we should have something to give out, right? 
Um, and actually, Sarah Whitaker, she and another article I, I wrote a few months ago actually said, like, is it really a good idea to be like, like the Amazon model is great, but is it really, uh, you know, ideal for us to be pitching tote bags or, you know, trying to source tote bags on Monday when the event is Friday? Like, that's not good for promo. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just it's really going to be some education like we've been talking about and trying to get end buyers minds around thinking way ahead of time for their events and getting on getting their calendar on your calendar and helping them think about that. That's that's a I, I, great point. And I, and hey, listen, we we know that we we, we don't exist like we exist in the real world, too, like just like distributors. We know that that's that, that it's very hard to kind of. To, to get clients to plan in advance, it's extremely difficult, you know, and, and, and a lot of times it is, you're just trying to, there's an avalanche of stuff coming at you. You're trying to keep up with the day, even in that crazy scenario where there was, I have a race Thursday and it's Monday or whatever it is. You could still ping them back. I think it's say, well, is the race raising money for like a particular thing? Oh yeah. It's like some river cleanup of it's raising money. Oh, it's an environmental themed event. Oh, there's like plant seed things we could throw in there that meets the green instead of just doing wristbands or so. Like, like even like it doesn't have to be like a whiteboard or storyboard of like this massive campaign. It could literally be as simple as, hey, I, I matched a product to the theme of your event. And it, that took like two emails, you know, or whatever it might be, you know. And so it's that that can even even in that madness, there's still a millisecond to throw it to throw to ask a question that could lead you to make even a slightly better product suggestion that results in a better result for that end client, right? So yeah, people treat it like uh like like you're shopping at the grocery store, like right at checkout. It's like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll just grab these mints right right here next to the register. And you need to think of it like the like Thanksgiving dinner, like, hey, look, we need to plan this in advance. Like this is a big deal. Like you wouldn't yeah. like if you're marketing the turkey trot, you you wouldn't like send out like emails and flyers like a like a like three days in advance, right? So why right. why are you getting your pro your promo in the same time frame? Right. So I thought that was a great, great point. So we're uh, yeah. we're gonna in the final stretches here, we're gonna play a little game. So this is this was something that um that Chris, I, I it was very interesting in your article about um you know what what do we call what do we call these things what are the terms that we we, we use so you asked a few of the of the of the um people that you interviewed for the article for their opinion and so but i'm gonna ask you guys the same thing like what's the what what term what's what, what term do you think is the best one in terms of labeling these items so here's how we're gonna work, work it um i'm gonna run down the list after each one uh we'll, we'll go sarah then Teresa, then chris just say your gut reaction positive connotation Negative connotation or neutral, and then we'll and then we'll we'll do a quick discussion to, to see see how we how we feel. All right, so here's the first one: promotional products. Neutral. Neutral. Yeah, neutral but boring. Uh, thank you. That's I that's what really I feel. Like. One that's, word. <laughs> I feel, I'm neutral. I feel like it's like it's just a standard la label on 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 these items. It doesn't sway me one way or another. Neutral, and it sounds a little. Stuffy. Slightly outdated. Yeah. yeah, it's too long too. I hate writing that whole promotional <laughs> products. Well, that, that's why we. That's why we do promo, right? That's why. Yeah. That's, how, that's why it's shifted over the years. Okay, next one. Logoed items. I'd say neutral. I blah, am a robot. Blah, I neutral, am a robot. Blah. I am a logoed item. Yeah, I, I, I think like I'm, I'm neutral on it though. I'm just being an idiot. <laughs> I, I'm negative. Like it, to me, it's like place your logo here. That that's the logoed part. Feels like feels like to me. CJ, you swayed me. I'm not, once you put it like that. I agree. I'm not, that's that does that can have a pretty negative perception. Okay, yeah. then I I go with with you guys too. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm just follow the crowd. Negative. <laughs> All right. This this one's interesting. Swag. I'd say negative because I, I learned from the office that it means stuff we all get. So, yeah, I actually ne negative. I know that most people hate it, but I actually think it's positive. I like it. It's so easy to write and sounds like swagger. I, I really like it. I, I know that the stuff we all get thing, but I don't think the general. Well, I just don't know if the general public thinks of it that way. I think it sounds um, cool. My my answer is I Teresa said almost verbatim what I think I, I I actually like the term because to me I didn't know about this stuff we all get until I I'm ignorant I guess until I was doing research for this article I thought similarly meant like I you have swag or swagger there's like like it was like kind of a cool thing I learned in reporting this article people in our industry loathe that like loathe 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 at least the ones I talked to loathe that term and they 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 equate it almost like with like chachka or cheap crap like that's how much they did not like that term I but i don't think re i don't think regular people think that way that's probably my... yeah yeah because right. my, my wife he's a nonprofit professional she buys she buys swag all the time and that's the term she uses swag and so like and to, to her and like by and, and it's rubbed off on me it's like the adjectives are fun and fun and cool fun swag cool yeah. swag like that those are the terms that that she she uses so i, I was surprised chris that there was such a like a visceral reaction to him among uh, distributors in the industry yeah me too like i say i i like it and didn't didn't view it as a negative term um until i guess my perspective was i still don't view it as a negative term but i'm aware that others certainly do <laughs> yeah all right next one branded merchandise or branded merch I said positive. I think merchandise is kind of a higher end term. I like positive. I like branded merch that, better than merchandise, just partly because I hate typing out long things. So, <laughs> um, but I think it does. It it also helps to encompass more than just like something free because it, it can talk. It can be the things that you're you know buying from like the the Dunkin' Donuts store or something. You know what I mean? Like it it has like a wider connotation. Yeah, positive. Everything Teresa just said. I won't even repeat it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 positive too. I think it's slightly elevated. And in fact, like um, whenever I tell people what I what I do, and usually like it, it confuses them. I often use branded merch just because that that I think the, the mer like the merch aspect has a little bit of cool cool factor. And Chris, like that seemed to be the overwhelming favorite of the people you talked to. Yeah, yeah, and people and um, I don't know if we're gonna address this term too, but like merch as shorthand for that also was perceived like 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 positively. Like they kind of I think people tended to view branded merchandise, branded merch, or merch as as somewhat interchangeable and kind of along like all, like in the same lines, but merch just being the shorthand for branded merchandise. It aligns nicely with like what uh, rock and roll kind of you know like bands do, so it makes yeah. it gives you that connotation like the influencers cool and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Get my merch. Okay, next one. Corporate gifts. I said positive. And Teresa does not feel negative. The same way. <laughs> sounds. I don't know. I mean, like it's nice that you're getting a gift, but it just sounds awful. I'm neutral on it. Like I, I don't see it as as being like anything bad. I, it sounds a little dry and and staid to me, you know. Um, but I, but I'm I'm neutral on it. Like I don't think it hurts. I don't think it hurts the industry to use that term. Yeah, I'm slightly positive. Like it, it sounds a little stodgy, but also sounds kind of high end. So I, but I see what everybody's saying. Mm -hmm. All right, two more advertising specialties. 
Negative. This reminds me of like the old 70s ads. And hey, the there, counselor. kid. You want to buy some zany <laughs> products here? I got my fedora on. Hey, all right. It's, it's, it's like, the 1850s. Yeah, Sorry. the gold like pinky rings and just yeah. like the, the thick polyester ties and like match, I, like I, matchbooks. Like, oh, I just, I, I hate it. I feel like the guy, Sarah, in the 1950s suit where the men had the shoulder pads. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know like, like that's that's kind of what I, I Like picture. going door to door. And, and I'm fully aware of what our company name is, so maybe we should edit this part out. So but, yeah, like, um, I mean, um, yeah, negative for me too. Oh, I don't even, I didn't even, I don't even know what it is. I mean, I know what I it know. is now, but like if, if before I started working here, if someone told me that they were selling advertising specialties, I have no idea. It would be, it's like a mystery to me. Yeah, it's just an old term. Uh, we, we, Vinny, uh, our, our our ASI Central and social media guy, Vinny Driscoll, put out a poll late summer, um, and the same, the same question: What do you call products in our industry? Zero percent said at ad specialties it's, it's just not used anymore it's great for what it was i just i think it's one of those terms that have just become antiquated yeah okay last one freebies oh yeah this is what we're trying not to be right <laughs> yeah a negative on this one i don't i don't i never use free i've never used freebies i i hate that word hate it yeah, negative. I mean, it, it's not even everything that that is done in the industry. So it's not it doesn't right. even describe things accurately. No. I love it. I think it's the best. Term. I think it's how <laughs> products in our industry. Yeah, no, of course, it's, it's awful. It's awful. And as, and as Teresa said, it it it's not correct. Like no. there are things in our industry that are made and given away for free, but there's many things that are not, you know, so it's it's just not it's not a correct term. All right, so out of all the terms I said, what do you think is the optimal one? Chris, I'll start with you. That trifecta of branded merch, mer branded merchandise, merch, and branded merch. Agreed. Okay. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I like I like the merch merchandise term. I think it just elevates things. It has it yeah, it, it nicely. It, it elevates it. It, it, it it's it's the most encompassing, and really, in a lot of ways, it's the most accurate to what. The industry does. It's we're we're providing merchandise that's branded. So like, I put a bump like that. Plus, the nice thing about saying something is branded rather than logoed is that it doesn't need to have the logo on it. It could just be like the branding colors, or you know, it, you know. That's a good point. It, it means so much more than just putting a logo on something. It can be the logo, but it could be something else too. And it just sounds fresh. It sounds like modern and fresh. In 50 years, people will be like, branded merch. That's such an old-fashioned term. Yeah, what are you like the millennials talking there? Oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to talk to Norman Cohn, and we're going to change the company name to the Branded Merchandise Institute, or BMI. I, I think it'll go over well. What do you, got, what do you guys think? It's been nice awesome. working with you, CJ. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I still think swag gets a bad, a bad rap, personally. But yeah, I think branded brand merch is the uh, branded merchandise is the overall winner winner of, of this contest. Uh, very interesting. And by the way, interesting that like working in an industry where there's not a singular term for for the you know the the thing that they do, right? It's not not like not like other industries. It's kind of it's kind of weird in, in that in that respect. All right. So just to, to, wrap, to wrap up, Sarah, I'll start I'll start with you. Um, you know, what do you think it like is a key takeaway here about about this the, the industry's um, industry's branding problems and where and, and where and where our listeners can can sort of can pick up the ball in terms of helping out? Yes, I think I think the big takeaway is, you know, I, I know this industry for a long time. It's been a lot of it's been a it's a fun industry. It's it's, you know, for people who are kind of like 
you know, they had maybe a corporate career. Now they're kind of transitioning into retirement years. It's like fun money for them. Um, I think all of that is still valid, but I do think that all all of us, including us at ASI, but everybody in the industry really has an obligation to look at this and take this seriously. Um, I think it does affect sales. I think a, a, a dinged reputation, wherever it's coming from, those are pretty like, you know, well-publicized articles that came out. So I, I think that it, it it does behoove everybody to look at this and say, how can I, whether I'm a part of a sales team at a huge company or I'm one person, how can I help elevate this industry? And I guarantee you there are ways to do that starting today. We talked about that. Um, I think just being you know, taking education more seriously about what's available in this industry, not going for the easy sale all the time, taking some risks with your clients and your prospects, um, taking your own reputation seriously and like really positioning yourself as a marketing ex expert rather than like a product peddler. Um, I, you know, I think that I think that those things are really important. I think if we elevate, if everybody looks to elevate their own presence in the industry, I think, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. I think that we can really help the entire industry elevate. But yeah, starting today, like just pick like one or two things that you can start doing with your clients to help educate them and let them know what's available in this industry. So we can all kind of, you know, their reputation has been dinged a little bit. I think we can all do our part to, to um, heal that a bit. Lisa. Um, well, I'm going to come at it from the, the promo for the planet angle. So, you know, if people are complaining about this is like, you know, cheap crap that gets thrown away, let's do more with sustainability and do do more things that are, you know, maybe it's like seed paper that gets planted, whatever it is, let's do these things, document them. Um, and then you have, you know, a way to back things up. You have a way to like shoot back at people are, that are saying this is just like throwaway stuff. You can be like, well, you know, our industry actually does, you know, this percentage of things are recycled or, or whatever, whatever the thing is like you start doing those sustainable things now so that you have like ammunition for the next time one of these articles comes out, because I guarantee it's going to happen again, because that's like you said, it's an easy target. So it seems like people like every few years, they trot one of these articles out. So if we're doing all of the the sustainability stuff now, then we have, you know, an answer to to some of these criticisms. Chris. Yeah, it's hard to uh, Sarah and Teresa, I think, said it extremely well and a lot of maybe what I would have focused on. Maybe the other maybe thing I could add to that is even more fundamental. Just just think about this issue. If for nothing else, even if you don't like the suggestions we've come up with or the suggestions that are in the article, there is no denying that there is a there is a negative perception out there. We know it's not everybody, but there is a part of society or people that, that do view the industry. So recognize that and then think about things you could do on a daily basis and then over the longer term to improve how you operate to to really show that that is not what this what you are and what this industry is so even if it's not something we've suggested today there's there's probably all kinds of things that, that can happen and that you could do think about that go through that that what's that like uh like the mamba mentality right like like get like try to get better always be trying to get better work your process of always continually trying to get to get to get better and if you do that and you're engaged in that way with a process of trying to constantly improve it's inevitable that you are going to. And if everybody's working in that way in our industry, then collectively the industry gets better. Yeah, I, I like that idea. Like we ASI, we're 
we're we're, do, we're we're doing things on on a national level on on on, a, on this sort of top top level of working with media outlets, of putting out P, PR, doing doing these campaigns to to drive home the the power of promotional products and, and improve it, it, its its image. But um, I think every distributor and every supplier and, and anybody who works in the industry has the power to help at a grassroots level, right? Just just by do, doing their thing and working with people. Um, and, and to start make, changing perceptions and making a difference. And so I, 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 that's what I like about this is that it, it's within everybody's reach to, to, to help with the with this situation. So um, thank you everybody for, for watching today and listening. Um, Chris's article is it's available to read right now, asicentral.com. Again, a, a whole series this week, five ideas to improve promo. Um, we'll have five articles total, one each day, and they're all, these are all sort of big picture type, type things that they're not not easy, but we think are actually feasible. And this take can take a little bit of work 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 to get to get there. And so, well worth reading the entire package. So feel free to stop by each day to to read them. So thank you, Chris. Thank you, Teresa. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, everybody. Have a great rest of your week. Tell your friends. <laughs>